Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how every every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. There, there has. There is no. There's no guarantee that they're going to be. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Hmm. Yeah. Well, first off, that was with the sit down that Biden had with Jake Tapper. Should the American people prepare for a recession? Oh, I just don't know, said POTUS. I don't think you can predict that. Yeah, you can. Quit spending money. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our second hour. Very interesting back and forth. But the whole point, I I was sharing this with you yesterday. He just, I think that that interview, I guess his people were looking and thinking, whatever we can do to make it as the least bad as possible, that should be, you know, that should be kind of the goal here. We don't want him to step all over himself. We just, we know that there's going to be some tough questions that are going to be asked, but uh, let's, you know, kind of tough, uh, but let's just, you know, keep him away from any kind of weird remarks. So even though I don't think that he really put anybody at ease uh, concerning the economy, I don't think that he made anybody feel better about it. But he didn't he didn't uh, have any major horrible. Well, that we would play endlessly on the show and laugh about because it's, he's so inarticulate. But yet, however, at the same time, I also think. This his his remarks were full of I'm blaming everybody else. He didn't offer any solutions in his remarks as to what he would do to stop this economic freefall. And a lot of people picked up on that. I said yesterday that the top 10 issues for voters, it's interesting because when I went and I was looking at it the first time, basically they said, uh, the economy in about four different ways. <laughs> I mean, it's it's economy and energy. They're they're very concerned in immigration. It reminded me 2016 when I was in New York for for Fox for election night coverage, and they would bring us you know these readouts, and every you know like three or four times a night they'd bring new readouts. Everybody got their own little package of readouts. I always felt like the person who was in charge of that, by the way, sidebar for the news, that person was like really the MVP because they had to keep track of everything for every single talking head that was on television because they were bringing us up and they would rotate us out all throughout the night, uh, us hitting different aspects of the uh, of what Americans cared about for the election. I always thought that they did a really good job of making sure everything was covered. I mean, they even had some Democrats there. And, and we all got along in the green room, amazingly enough. But I remember when they brought out readouts. Leading up to that, I think people were saying that Trump's rhetoric on immigration wasn't going to somehow land with voters. And they had been saying that all through the primary, and then he wins the primary, and then they'd been saying it all through general election. And one of the first things that I picked up on, they brought us there. We were actually, we had just sat down at the desk, and we had... We got um, plugged in. So when you get plugged in, you always have to keep your your mic on and attached to your collar and your lapel mic and all that, your lav. 
and they have tape on the desk and you have to your belly button has to be where the tape is everybody's got to be for their camera shots and once you're plugged in you can't move don't think about moving and at that point I think it was on a commercial break right before we were going to go on they had brought us new readouts and I mean you have your your trusty highlighter everybody's got their stuff everybody's waiting for the readouts and it was so fascinating because just like through the primaries all the readouts and these were I mean thousands of people that were surveyed from all parts of the country Republican and Democrat the fascinating thing and this was particularly true in those states that shockingly went for Trump or where Trump had closed the gap between the Republican and the and between him and Clinton which no Republicans before hadn't done that the t- always in the top three was immigration Immigration, 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 immigration. I think at one point I even looked over at Juan Williams and I was like, huh, looks like you were wrong. Look at this. And he's like, well, I see. Apparently. And he was always, he was always very nice off camera. But it was really something to see that. And I think it, it wasn't that Democrats did not know that this was what voters were concerned about. I really believe that they thought that because they have so much favorable coverage on the news and they have Hollywood, they have uh, network news, they have you know more than you know, one network on cable news, they have all their surrogates. I actually thought, I, I really do believe that they, they believed in their, their this ability that they thought they had to convince people that immigration wasn't an issue. They thought they would talk, they'd be able to talk people away from that. And it was really a stunning measure of their not just inability to message. And it was a stunning measure of, I think, the callousness towards the American voter. And I remember making that point that night. Because all of the messaging that we had heard from them leading up to this was that anyone who brought up the issue of the border, that it was somehow you were racist, etc., and one of the biggest takeaways, and this also had to any border state, and they asked, you know, the readouts, they ask if you're black, white, Hispanic, Latino, whatever. They want to know everything about you. And there was an inordinate amount of Hispanic voters who had named immigration as one of their top three issues because they were concerned about the lawlessness at the southern border. And to watch Democrats just kind of gloss over that and think that they were going to be able to talk the electorate into not caring about it showed just a grotesque, ignorant misunderstanding, not just of the voter, but of their own, uh, their own really prowess. They just did not care and they expected the voters to follow in, in kind. And voters didn't do that. And I kind of feel the same thing is happening right now as it relates to their discussion of the economy. You can't go out there and tell people, just like you can't go out and tell them that the border's secure because they see it and it's not. You can't go out there and tell people that you inherited a bad economy and that it was through no fault of your own. You can't go out there and tell people that you don't know why the inflation is so bad. It's probably because of Putin. Voters know who was advocating for the closures of businesses and schools. They remember. They remember that it was Democrats who thought it was just absolutely irresponsible to reopen schools. And they went after every red state Governor, they went after every Republican official who said to the contrary of lockdown. They said that they were murderers. They were going to get people killed. They were going to create these hotbeds of transmission that they were going to be. uh, These were going to be super spreader events and super spreader uh, locations. They said all of these things. I remember what they said specifically when New York was arguing as to whether or not they should 
reopen their schools. And there was a comprehensive study that was done. And what they discovered was that it was it was something like 0.3% of all transmissions were taking place in schools and that it was uniquely the adults who were going to gatherings in other people's homes or their own and then going to school and they tested positive. They were the supermarkets apparently were greater sites of transmission than schools in New York were. And when you had Republicans and more moderate Democrats try to bring this up to the likes of Chuck Schumer and Cuomo and everyone else, they lost their ever-loving minds in face of the data, in face of science. And so now here we are again. And he's saying, oh, you know, I mean, I inherited all of this. Dude, you were one of the loudest voices for the total stoppage of the world's largest and strongest economy. And you think that you bear no blame for that? You and your party went after everyone from Ron DeSantis to Greg Abbott. Even Greg Abbott Abbott shut down a little bit. And then Democrats are mad. They're trying to act like they're mad at him now, like they were on the other side. Dude, you all were pressuring him to do more. They hated Ron DeSantis. They were, there was a guy who actually left his job to dress up as the Grim Reaper. Did you remember this? And he followed. Anytime there was a Republican event or a beach opened, he was there standing on the beach like a moron. And look all the good it did him. He just looks like we don't even remember who he is, just some moron who decided to dress up in black robes on a sunny beach. Dumb. So this they really I think that they're making these same mistakes and I'm totally fine with that. And I want them to keep doing it because I don't want to help people in their ease to disregard the will of the voter. Unless, you know, know, actually I do, because if it helps cost them the election, then I'm all for that. Just wild, wild, wild. And I was every time I I go come back to this interview, I I just I I remember this. So speaking of the economy, golly, IMF issues a stark recession warning. The International Monetary Fund, they've downgraded their forecast for the global economy with a very sharp warning. The worst is yet to come. Totally opposite of what Sinatra saying. And they said for many people, 2023 will feel like a recession. I kind of think that part of 2022 feels like a recession for people. Right. I mean, good heavens. They said that the global growth is expected to slump to 2.7 next year. 25 percent probability it could fall below 2 percent. And that compares with the man that that compares with the projected growth of 3.2 percent this year. And the figure that they have for next year is 0.2 percentage points lower than the IMF's July outlook. So. That's roughly a third of the global economy that's going to contract. And you have the United States, the European Union, and China, the three largest economies. IMF says they will continue to stall. He also says that he believes global inflation may peak late this year. But, of course, as we learned last week, it's going to remain elevated for longer than previously expected. Of course. And, of course, we're going to see hiking interest rates. People have already, We've already seen uh, major central banks do that to try to limit price rises. But that's a, that's also a risk to the economy, too. So, man, that's um, storm. We're, we're not even in the stormy waters, they say. We're just headed there. We're just on our way there. But, hey, guys, uh, you know, uh, gas, the gas uh, went down. It's back up again, though. But it went down for a little bit. <laughs> Where's we hear that from? We hear that from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and we're supposed to celebrate it. I was reading this very interesting piece, and I do believe, if I haven't, I will. I'll double check. I think I put this in one of your email prep newsletters. And it's over at the American Mind, and it gets into the foreign ownership of American farmland, particularly 
China buying American farmland at a really fast pace. Governors like Ron DeSantis and senators like Chuck Grassley out of Iowa, even Debbie Stabenow in Michigan, have been raising the alarm on this. Foreign ownership of American farmland went from 1% in 2000 to 2.9% in 2020, about a 290% increase just over the past 20 years. New security risks with that as well. We're going to jump into this and talk about this because it's very, really interesting. I mean, it is a national security issue. And I also have a midterm update for you. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So this, I cannot think of a more horrific way to go, man. This is the second story I've had involving, I just want to say, wood chippers in four weeks. So this accident happened in Menlo Park, California. A tree trimmer is dead after falling into a wood chipper while trimming trees. He was working. It occurred at 12.53 p.m. yesterday, and apparently the police responded to the report of an incident involving a tree trimmer. He had accidentally fell right into a wood chipper as he was working. And, I mean, quite literally, he was found deceased from the injuries sustained by the wood chipper. That's golly. So they said they had to shut the street down. They didn't release the worker's identity because they were still trying to notify his next of kin all they said it was he, and that's it, because uh, they're biologists. Uh, but no, this is awful. They said that Menlo Park Police confirmed uh, the fatality. It's going to be investigated by OSHA. Oh, their OSHA is going to get in this. But that's just, man, that's just what a horrible way to go. Uh, a Biden donor and a Democrat and a former mayor. How much you want to? Uh, how much you want to bet that this guy was also part of Mayors Against Illegal Guns? That whole group. So apparently, this guy ended up. Uh, he's he's now banned from holding office. Former Oregon mayor, donor, Dennis Denny Doyle. Uh, he's pled guilty to one count of possession of child pornography following his arrest in March. So now he entered the plea yesterday uh, amidst this investigation into these images of children who've been identified as sexually exploited minors by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And so he's uh, he worked with the Biden administration, the Obama administration, He's been arrested, and uh, now he's been charged. Several images of kids under 12. Sentencing is going to go out in January, and I tell you, it better only include the death penalty. Child predators like this guy should be absolutely put to death. The end. New Zealand. Oh, God love them. The Kiwis down there. New Zealand proposes a, I'm not making this up, a tax on cow burps and farts in the latest effort to save the planet. I love just the simple-mindedness and the the self-aggrandizing vision of these people uh, who make these laws. Their government proposed a tax on greenhouse gases created by farm animals, burps, and urine to try to tackle climate change in the country. The Federated Farmers President, Andrew Hoggard, blasted the plan for unfairly burdening farmers, uh, and by the way, also because it was stupid. He said they just want to keep, far- we just want to keep farmers farming, they want to stop them. Oh, he's not wrong. And a guy tried to rob a bank with a finger gun. I'll have more on that later. Stick with us. Thank you, Mr. President. I share your grave concerns about maintaining access to contraception and reproductive health services on our college campuses. 
and ensuring there's accurate, reliable information for students and for educators. Students need access to healthcare to thrive in school and in life, and that includes reproductive healthcare. Hmm. Well, that's pretty, I don't know why that has to be involved in education at all. This is Education Secretary Miguel Cardona, who is saying that students have to, they need abortion in order to be able to thrive in school. Yesterday, and welcome back to the program, your lovable curmudgeon, your hostess, Dana Lash here with you. Yesterday, uh, Joe Biden had his, what did they call it? The reproductive, I'm actually looking at the name, reproductive task force thing, right? What is even, I don't know what exactly what that is, but... um. Okay, they he wants to keep the momentum up on abortion. And that's really what all of this is about. Let's be honest about it. He wants to keep the momentum up on abortion and having this task force. And they had they had some very interesting sound bites from this yesterday. Is there part of their way to do it? So you had Education Secretary Miguel Cardona. Students need abortion to thrive in school. You had the president, we came in with this, we're not going to let Republicans enact extreme policies, threaten access to basic health care. Abortion is not basic health care. It is an elective procedure. Stop. Full stop. I mean, there, I, I just, it amazes me in an age of information when you can pick up your phone and, and immediately reference, get reference materials and educate yourself about something. So many people elect not to do it. Instead, what do they do? They scream at each other on social media. And that's supposed to somehow be a substitute for wit. It's amazing to me. So they had this theater with the Women's Reproductive Task Force. A task force about ovaries. I don't know. And made great theater about it today. Addressing abortion rights. This is in response to Dobbs versus Jackson women's health undermining Roe. Now keep in mind. And I, I want to bring your attention to this. If Republicans are going to talk about abortion, which I think they need to get past it. And I will say the only reason that I even decided to play hardball about Georgia is because I saw so many weak need Republicans buckling. And it infuriated me because this happens every single time. I mean, here you have a wrecked economy, inflation. Within a 12-month period, this administration passed two massive tax hikes. And people like Lindsey Graham and some others are just going along. You had a, a big victory with Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health in undoing the false argument on which Roe was predicated that it has to do with privacy when it was never had anything to do with privacy. That's so illogical and horribly argued. And if you disagree with me, you disagree with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who warned everyone on the left about this for years, saying you need to you need to actually safeguard this, do something at the state level. She went basically you know, right to the level, right to the extent that she could was saying do something about this because there will be a case that comes and challenges it and undoes it all at the federal level. No one listened. So it's back at the states. It's relegated back to the states, which is where ultimately it should be. And Republicans need to not be weak. They need to not be weak at all. And so with this, I wanted to get into... Because I'm not going to make this all about Georgia and all of that, although I think it's a very important Senate race. I do want to point out Americans' thoughts on abortion. The vast majority of abortions, and I'll say this over and over again because it's true, and the figures that I'm citing 
are Planned Parenthood's own metrics. There is this thing called the internet. And you can use the internet to go and look up certain things that, for for instance, the percentage of women who choose to obtain abortions. And so Planned Parenthood's own figures show, and this goes back, I think they were surveying this, the Guttmacher Institute, I think they were surveying this as far back as 1985, that the majority of women obtain abortions as a form of birth control. Now, this is where the left likes to mince words. I mean, this is where a friend of mine said abortion, transgenderism, climate hysteria, everything has one thing in common, the belief that man can control nature. Women are gods. There is no faith or fate or higher power. I think that's all true because it's all in some way one issue. The left likes to say, no, women weren't ready. They weren't ready to have a baby or they weren't this or that. Okay, then what you're you're retconning conception. That's what you're doing. It is what however you want to try to justify it. The ugly truth is that it's being used as a form of birth control. And that's what is that the vast majority of women who obtain them, that is what it's for. And again, citing Planned Parenthood's own metrics, less than 1% are rape or incest. I'm not talking about those cases. I'm talking about all of the other ones. So this isn't an actual, if you're going to discuss it, you need to acknowledge actual statistic. And I'm even doing you a favor by citing the very institute you champion by using their own metrics. I actually wonder if it's not higher. But there you have it. And so Democrats going all the way back most recently to Ralph Northman, uh, uh, blackface of Bortham, rather, when he gave the interview saying that he believes, yes, she should be able to all the way up until the moment of birth. Democrats went from, I, what I remember as a kid in the 80s, what was the phrase, safe, legal, and rare, yep. to uh, all the time, wherever, funded by you. Yep. All the way up until the moment of birth. And if you think that I'm somehow exaggerating this, I will point your attention to the very bill that Raphael Warnock co-sponsored. A lot of people apparently are unaware of this, which is kind of shocking to me because as much as they want to talk about it, they apparently don't, they are, they don't know. Raphael Warnock co-sponsored and the, what I wrote in my uh, piece is I said, what I know is this, Raphael Warnock is an anti-Semite who co-sponsored legislation to remove the Hyde Amendment, therefore allowing federal funding of abortion and permit abortions up until the moment of birth. It was Senate Bill 1975. It was introduced in the Senate uh, on June 8th of 2021. And it had a very funny name. You know how they always name a piece of legislation and it's kind of the opposite of what it does? It was the Women's Protection Act or Women's Reproductive Protection Act or something like that. I have it linked very helpfully in my piece. So you can actually go and read the text of the bill yourself. And you can see Warnock's name as a co-sponsor at the bottom. And what the bill did, and the bill used some crazy language. For instance, this is one of the one of the paragraphs. Quote, removing medically unjustified restrictions on abortion services would constitute one important step on the path towards realizing, and they treated this as a proper noun, reproductive justice by ensuring that the full range of reproductive health care is accessible to all who need it. End quote. There isn't an issue. I don't know what they mean by reproductive health care. 
birth controls you can get birth control pills you can get for seven or nine bucks depending on what your service you're using what if you're a member costco target whatever uh there are also community health centers that outnumber planned parenthood clinics three to one in every single state in the country and they offer a full suite of uh, services for women they also even offer in some instances pediatric care they also offer services for men so this idea that there isn't any access to health care is abs- it's an absolute horrible lie at the expense of women and dignity the end and this is the bill that Raphael Warnock, Warnock co-sponsored. He also says, Raphael Warnock, he goes out there and says that he's a pastor and that uh, Jesus is okay with abortion. And he argues this with people. Oh, you should go see his quotes. Cain just about fell out of his chair. Dude, you should Google his quotes on it. It's wild. But it shows you even the devil can cite scripture. Give a hat tip to Shakespeare. See, this attack that Democrats are making... It is not to drive away independence. It's to go after Christians. They want to poison the mind of those hesitant Christian voters in Georgia who might be looking at this. And by the way, no, there aren't. Everyone keeps going receipts. I'm like, there actually aren't any. It's the Daily Mail. When do people run to the Daily Mail as this bastion of conservatism? Seriously? They're me tooing Herschel Walker here. I mean, that's what I'm assuming. Show me. I'm from the show me state originally. Show me proof. I don't have I don't have a dog in this fight. I look at I look at uh, candidates as nothing more than uh, my friend David Harsani said, uh, uh, basically uh, robots that uh, vote for you. They they cast the vote you want them to. Kind of, just automated vessels that cast the vote that you want them to. So I don't have a dog in this fight, like you might think. But show me the evidence. But this is what they want to do. They want to poison the mind of the independent voter because this seat, this is how bad it is. This is how close it is. This seat means that much to them. We're not electing saints. We're electing people. And if perfection were required, not a single damn one of us would be eligible. I at least admit it. Some don't. And I have no problem in saying you're damn right. This is about winning. I want to win control of the Senate so that Democrats can't pass taxpayer-funded abortion. Think of the countless lives that will be lost. Think of all the tax dollars in this era of taxation and inflation that are going to be spent. So, yeah, winning absolutely stops that. Democrats want to act like they, they want to win this seat even more so. That's why they're coming out with these hit pieces. At least be honest about it. Of course, that's like asking the devil to be good. So this bill, it's up there. I have it linked on chapter and verse over at Substack. Senate Bill 1975. You can go and see it for yourself. So if, you're, if you have these, these hesitant good Christian voters in Georgia that are looking at this thinking, gosh, I don't want to be, I just don't know. They want to they make these people feel as though they're tainted for casting a vote for Walker. Well, then you're compromising your beliefs. Well, that just presupposes that the story is true, number one, which no one's been able to prove that it is. Number two, it also ignores any redemptive arc. I mean, I think that good Christians who might be hesitant to cast a vote also believe in redemption. But number three, and what I said yesterday, is, is very succinctly illust- illustrative of this. It is... A way to define the lesser between not really great options. I said from the beginning, I never, Walker isn't the best candidate. 
but he's better than Warnock. You know what you're getting with Warnock. You know you're going to get a guy who's going to put into effect taxpayer-funded abortion on demand, CRT, high taxes. He's going to be a rubber stamp for everything socialists and the Democrat Party want. He's already said as much. You know exactly what you're getting. With the other guy, he said that he would be a reliable pro-life vote, a reliable vote against taxes, a reliable vote basically for the government to leave you alone. But his past... Oh, you're right. I guess the Lord can't use people who have done bad things in their past for good purposes. Someone go and dig up Paul and tell him that, please. Or better yet, someone go dig up King David and tell him that the good Lord simply cannot use people who have done wicked things for good purposes. He might be omnipotent, but the left says he's not that omnipotent. You go ahead and you make that case. Now, I don't live in Georgia. I have a ton of friends who live in Georgia. And I love, I love your state. Been there plenty. They said big decision to make. But you know what you're going to get with each candidate. So it seems like to me, if it's about enacting your agenda, you'd probably move in the direction that best accomplishes that. We're going to address some of the stuff. Oh, I'll address the harpies on the view and all that stuff coming up. And uh, we're also going to get into green energy. And every time I hear uh, Mayor Poot Buttigieg, and by the way, don't you, do not send me no shade. I use the very highbrow pronunciation employed by the great Lawrence O'Donnell, Secretary Mayor Poot Buttigieg. He says we're in a green energy transition and it's complicated complicated for him to understand i don't know what does he do what does he do during the day we're going to get into all of that and a lot more here coming up i had my you know my ears perked up when i started hearing some of this but when when chuck grassley said that he had whistleblowers approach him with information that made me that really is when i took it seriously because chuck grassley is not he does not engage in hyperbole he's a very just forthright no drama lawmaker he gets his job done he i love when he tweets about deer i actually think his twitter timeline is one of the most fascinating he loves his state and when he said that i thought oh the only reason that grassley's gonna say anything is because grassley's got receipts and we really wanted to get him on the show and talk about this so he's gonna be joining us at the bottom of next hour offering new insight into this whole scandal regarding the FBI. Uh, also, the view went off on me all morning, and I'll address some of their hysteria coming up because it all relates to midterms. Meanwhile, the left continues their apoplectic over Elon Musk sealing the deal with Twitter, and it's because they aren't going to be in control. And that's what this all comes down to. Control, control, control. We're going to talk about that. We have the latest media hot takes as it relates to the hurricane recovery. We also have some economic numbers and uh, the latest on energy, Russia, and so much more. And of course, our favorites, Florida Man and Today in Stupidity. We have a lot on the way. It's a packed show. Second hour starts in moments, and I promise you don't want to miss it. And I just think it's an 
absolute dereliction of duty. If you see a problem, and if we agree that, that we need to address it, then if you're a leader, participate in a solution, right? When we first came in office, the first bill that we proposed was for a pathway for citizenship, was to fix a broken immigration system, which was broken under the previous administration. You literally repealed the Remain in Mexico policy, which made it worse. What are you talking about? You inherited nothing. You made it so much worse. Welcome back to the program. Second hour, your lovable curmudgeon here with you, Dana Lash. Always good to join all of you as we get through this week together here this Tuesday. That was the Vice President of the United States who was saying that it was a dereliction of duty for Republican governors to send people who enter the country illegally to Washington, D.C. and places like near her residence, et cetera, et cetera. She's, they've been doing their duty is the problem. They don't, they don't have to keep people who enter the country illegally. Where's the duty to the taxpayer? I owe no one anything. I, I, I owe no one nothing. I don't owe anyone my loyalty particularly those who haven't shown it to me, and I don't know anybody my money, particularly people who haven't earned it. I don't know. I'm just, maybe that's just, we're old school. We're all old school. But to allege that Republican governors aren't doing their duty, they've been doing their duty. It's the federal government that's not doing theirs. Federal government's trying to create, you know, this two-tier situation where they want an open border, but they only want all of the issues associated with having an open border to stay in those border towns. They want those poor border town folks to be able to, they want them to handle everything and they won't help them with any of it. They won't help them with, re- they don't even allow them, if they try to detain people and send them back, their lawsuits coming out of the DOJ. Jane Brewer can tell you all about that when she was governor of Arizona. So this uh, idea that it's a dereliction of duty, they're doing their duty. The towns have been doing their duty. Taxpayers of border states have been doing their duty. The people who haven't been doing their duty are those quote-unquote sanctuary cities and the leaders of which who've been freaking out simply because they're being held to their policy standard. It's a pretty amazing thing. They're being held to their policy standard as they should be. Now, Democrats have, oh boy, I have a lot of... (laughs) A lot of headlines on this. We got a lot to get into here coming up for midterms. But I also have a couple of other things that I want to hit, including the one that I've been talking about with this. I'm going to kind of, you know, give us a little bit of break here because we got to go back to some of the uh, uh, economic and all of this other energy, particularly. That's, I don't know, maybe it's just our society. But it just seems that there is such a callous disregard of basic consideration. No one's considerate anymore. There's no, nobody's considerate. Case in point. So this uh, flight that was from Athens to Amsterdam. And I've seen a lot of this discussion online. This woman who was sitting in front of this guy decided to... uh, put her throw her hair over the chair and it was an actually sorry it was a it was a woman behind her onto traveler traveler julie christensen's tray table because the woman in front of her had long hair she flipped her hair up over the seat and her hair then pulled onto the i mean reached all the way down to the tray table 
used by the woman who was sitting behind her. And she said it was like that for most of the trip. Christensen thought she gave an interview to Fox 5 Atlanta. She says, I I thought, is this normal? They were even near the top of her coffee cup. She said she was too tired to confront the woman. Julie Christensen is apparently a traveler uh, and writes about traveling and food. And she said the flight had already been delayed, but she thought it was behavior that was, it was bad behavior that was that was wrong. And she said she was sitting in an emergency aisle with extra leg room. I've seen that. I've seen this happen, though, to people who haven't been in a, an emergency aisle with extra leg room. So everyone that said the video went viral and people were bashing the woman for having poor manners. And they they told Christensen, you should have put her hair in the in her coffee cup. And Christensen said, oh, I could never do that. She said, people get fired up because it's a rude thing to do. Maybe other people would have acted differently. I think if you tell the person and then they, I don't know. I'm, I'm of a couple, I, I'm of two minds. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you tell the person. It would just have to be, I guess, if I, what kind of mood I was in. Because otherwise, I think I would probably put her hair in the coffee and then I would call the flight attendant over and say, oh my gosh, can I have a new cup of coffee? Because this woman just flicked her hair over the tray and got coffee everywhere with her hair. Can you? And I would say it loud enough for her to hear me. So that way, when she brought her hair back forward, she would have coffee all over it. I mean, that's just kind of you run the risk of doing that. Of, of, or I would accidentally, oh, I just don't want you to get gum in your hair. My gum specifically all in your hair. So maybe you should move. I don't know. Would you say anything to her, Steve? Would you, how would you, what would you do? You know, you could do is uh, lift the tray table and close it. So you pinch the hair and make it pull that's out actually the really- back. I mean, that's actually a really smart thing. How, I mean, how inconsiderate. You cannot tell me that someone who is alive now in 2022 doesn't realize that that's so incredibly rude to do. You're in someone else's space. That's nasty. I don't care if her hair looks nice. She could have lice. It's nasty. That's nasty. Hair is, I think people give that stuff a pass. Hair, it's just as, some people's hair is just as nasty as feet. It's just gross. I I did tell you guys about the time that I was on the flight and somebody decided to take their shoes off it was this weird dude and he had bare feet and I had my arm on the armrest and you know how there's like an opening where the elbow is and I felt something cold and clammy touch my elbow and I'll be damned it was this man's bare foot and I did not even skip a beat I thought that is so nasty so I turned around and I said excuse me sir uh but I'm gonna need you to take your feet off of my armrest because they're touching me or I'm going to punch them off your ankles I said it just like that and he had looked at me like, I think she might be serious. And so he took his feet. Down. He didn't say anything. He didn't say sorry, nothing. He just kind of very slowly kind of, he gave me this look like you're nuts. And yes, I will totally punch your feet off you because you're assaulting me with your nasty feet. I would have punched them off your ankles. And he find, he moved it. He didn't do it again. But I'm, I'm just like, I'm not with something like that. I'm not even messing, not even messing. That's battery with your toe. It's disgusting. Can't deal. Certain thing. I have my lines, guys. I have my lines that there is no no man's land. It's just that you were either over it or you were not. But that was. But yeah, the hair and you. I mean, that's just. It might look clean because some people were talking online and saying, "Her her hair, you know, it was probably freshly. If your hair's freshly washed, you're not gonna be putting it all over the plane seat like that. You know, people sneeze on the back. They sneeze in their seats and they get their germs all over the back of the chair. That's nasty, nasty, nasty." Oh, my gosh. Would you actually do that? Would you legit put the tray table up? No, because I don't want to face the repercussions of it. 
What repercussions would there be? Someone screaming at me. I don't like people. I don't like. Be like, oh, I didn't see your long hair there. I Oops. I, I clearly it. saw it if I shut it on on purpose. Oh, you could be like, I was reading something on my phone. I didn't even see. The, the, the difference I, is I, like, I, the coffee thing is believable. Yeah, the, th- the thing is like people in first class. No offense, like try to like they always have their hair down, and then if you go to business class, like people hate traveling, so everybody's hair's up. So rarely do you see hair down in coach, but people's hair's down always in first class. I've seen hair down like this in coach. I totally have. I've seen this exact thing happen literally across the aisle for me. I can't remember. Where, I think we're actually going to D.C. or coming from D.C. going back to Dallas. And I saw some woman do this. And she had hair that was really long. And I think he actually, the guy had to get a flight attendant because he couldn't even put his laptop up. Um, her hair would flip over his laptop screen. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I have to work. And I just kind of looked at him, and it was one of those things where you're like, oh, my gosh, is that happening to you? And he's like, yes, this is crazy. And he's, like, kind of gesturing to her hair. And my husband, we were, he, was, he was sitting right next to me. We're like, what is happening here? Like, how is this? It was just gross. It was gross. I don't know. And she just seemed like she was kind of put out by, you know, having to, you know. That's, that's why, I, and, and I totally would have. I would do the coffee thing. I'm not even, even going to lie to you. I wouldn't even skip a beat. I'd be like, this is nasty. Your hair's getting coffeeed. Sorry. Like, oh, I guess. Ma'am, can I have another cup of coffee? Because uh, she just, you know, she got her hair in it. And I just, you know, could have lice. I don't want to drink lice coffee. Isn't there some, then, isn't there some rumor about like airplane coffee? Like you shouldn't have it. Isn't it like a Yeah, a I would not have it, theory? but I would specifically order it for this instance. <laughs> okay, got it. See, so wait, this is how, can I just stop for a minute? So we're going to get back to the meat and potatoes. This is how girls deal with stuff and how dudes deal with stuff. Like dudes are very straight on. You guys will be like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to get yelled at. Girls will strategize like that Charlie Day meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like we will sit there and we will have like a whole like General Patton field op, right? Like, okay, we're going to do that. I mean, and th- it's that level of pettiness. Chicks are petty. We are. If they say they're not, they're also liars. So just so you know, if you if, if a girl ever tells you that she's not petty, she's lying. This is why I'm like, if you had a woman... I always go back to Lord of the Rings. Everyone thought Sauron was evil. Galadriel, if she would have gotten the one ring, Sauron would have been a punk. She would have been so much. And she even told Frodo. She's like, I'd be so much worse. Oh, my gosh. You don't even know what you're doing. You're offering me this thing. You're nuts. I, Women are just like that. I saw someone it, on the internet this week, and it said that uh, dudes will barely know someone, and they'll talk crap about them. Girls will know you deeply and still talk crap about you. Oh, yeah, completely. Oh, totally. It's just the, it's the, that's just how it is. That is how it is. So I, if she had done this and the, and and like this Christensen woman, she just she took a video of it. I mean, just like low key. It's this. I bet the broad in front of her doesn't even know. I bet she doesn't even know that this woman was taking a video of her and all this stuff, video of her hair, recording her hair. That's just chicks are different, man. I'm just saying they're different. There's a whole thing there. Everybody's a woman's like, mm-hmm, that's right. That's why you just don't, you know, you don't want to mess with women. Guys don't see the women wars like that. You guys don't see it. Women see it. We live it. I've seen it. I mean, even just like little plane things like this, like little little interactions on airplanes. Women have a whole different approach to dealing with shenanigans than guys do. Guys are like, okay, let's deal with the shenanigans. We're done dealing with them. We're good. Women are like, but are we though? Really? Did we get everything on our list? I mean, it's, it's just, it's very, very different. Very different. You guys know. I totally would have coffeeed her hair, though. And then would have been like, I'm so sorry. I just, uh, 
her hair got in the coffee and I just, it just made a mess. It's all over the tray. I don't, can I just have some napkins? And, and then what would happen is the flight attendant would say, ma'am, you're making a mess. Can you remove your hair back here? And then she would be, bring her hair up and be like, oh my gosh, it's got coffee everywhere. You see how, you see this? It's a punishment without being a punishment. And the woman behind you, even though she turned into the aggressor, doesn't have to take responsibility for doing so. Boom, done. That's how women handle it. Y'all know I'm right. Y'all know. Uh, I have a couple of other things to hit, including uh, coming up in midterms. Did y'all see this story that just dropped on Free Beacon? Let me set you up. So Raphael Warnock's church pays thousands of dollars a month for his home. They own, the church apparently owns, a bunch of other property at Columbia Tower at MLK Village. Like 99% they own it. And apparently they're kicking out people. Uh, the buildings received over $15 million in taxpayer funding, and the average rent owned, uh, owed by residents clocked in at $125 a month. They have been filing eviction lawsuits against all these residents. So the headline now is, Raphael Warnock's church pays thousands for his house and evicts the poor from theirs. Dang. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oops, oops. The Colorado Secretary of State, Democrat Jenna Griswold's office, says they accidentally, accidentally, guys, sent 30,000 voter registration notices to people who are not citizens. Uh, telling them to register to vote when they wouldn't be able to. 30,000. 30,000. They said that they're... Now sending notices to people who mistakenly receive the postcards telling people that you're not going to be able, oh my gosh, I just think now you got to spend more money and use more trees to send this out. That's insane. 99% of Florida now has power back. Rapid recovery. Over 99%. They have power restored in Florida. Access has been open to battered areas. Rapid recovery efforts are still underway following Hurricane Ian's landfall last week, which hit the West Coast portion of the state. And uh, over the weekend, the now people have access to Fort Myers Beach. That was one of the hardest hit areas from the hurricane. And 99% of power has been restored. I'm going to contrast this with the rail that they tried to build in California coming up. Uh, also, ooh, let me pull this up. This is a, um, I don't know what vehicle this is. So this is Rivian, the Irvine, California-based EV company. I don't like the way the car looks, I guess. So that's probably why. Uh, they said that all of the uh, vehicles that were calling all of them, because they have to tighten a loose fastener in the front suspension. So that involves 12,212 electric pickups, vans, and SUVs, according to paperwork that the company filed with the Highway Traffic Safety Administration. They said that they sent messages to their customers to inform them of the recall. Several issues have been reported, but no injuries thus far. So they're recalling all of those so they can literally tighten a bolt. Uh, police warn Oregon beachgoers about grenades washing to shore. Newport officers said three devices had washed onto the beach and they instructed the public not to handle or move them. They said that uh, there are some M11 uh, 6A1s. The grenades, white in color, cylindrical in shape. Uh, they said if you encounter the device, call police. They're trying to figure out how this is happening, but they think it could be... Uh, they said it was labeled inert and could be used for training. We'll see. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. 
The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for so, all 11 million. I don't want to say that him sitting here talking about how you, the American population is not reproducing on its own with the same level it used to. I mean, Sean Davis goes, replacement theory isn't happening, and it's good that it is. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. But wait, I thought that the replacement theory wasn't a thing, though. They told us that, Kane. That's what they said. They said it. Those people. People are going, who's they? Those people. They said it. He said it. All those people there said it. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, aborted human beings that would love a chance at life and a job. Chuck, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, there's some things there. All right, so I got a lot more coming at you here. I want to kind of change it up a little bit. We're going to go back and forth, right? So I've got some serious stuff and I have some not so serious things because we're all, we'll, we'll all go nuts. So one of, I have a girlfriend whose favorite time of the year is right when Hallmark starts doing all its Christmas stuff. Oh my goodness. She gets so excited about this. It's kind of annoying. It's all Hallmark all the time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And now all the stories are the same. And yet they get, um, they get like a ton of, of, they get crazy ratings. All the stories are the same. It always goes like small town girl or guy moves back to hometown. And fights big city girl or guy who comes in to take over the snow globe factory or the candy cane factory or the reindeer ranch. Something entirely stupid. And then they fall in love. The end. It's usually what it is, isn't it? Every single time. They got a formula. And Hallmark started getting a little woke, which is annoying. Just like do the Christmas thing. Okay, just that. They started getting a little, a little woke, and then, as a result, there's some controversy. And one of the people, because they have a lot of the, um, I was looking up this one actress, they have a lot of the same, like, actors and actresses that, that do the, uh, you know, do a lot of, like, the Lacey Shabbard is one, she's in a lot of these. Oh, my gosh, you know Lindsay Lohan has one? Yeah. Dude. For real. I haven't seen it, but she sings her Jingle Bell Rock song. Her song. It's hers in there. Good for her. She looks healthy. Candace Cameron Bure is another. And I've met her before. She's very nice. You know, she's Christian. She doesn't, you know, act like she's not when she's on secular television. And so she is, I guess, creating a new TV network that has features like this. And it's, it's called the Great American Family Network. And they are making Christmas movies. And then she, so she, I guess, was asked about, I don't know who asked her. It was Wall Street Journal. She said that she expected the Great American Family Network to keep traditional marriage at the core, was her quote. Okay. And it's her network. Right? What do they tell you all the time? Go make your own platform. Go make your own network. Go make it. Well, someone does, and you still won't shut up. So people are really mad, including this one chick. I don't know who the hell this girl is. She was on some television show one day, and she spells her name dumb. I mean, I don't care. I don't care about being mean right now. 
Hillary is how she spells her name. It's Hillary, but it's Hillary Burton. I'm going to, I feel like George Carlin, when I see people try to get very creative with it, go look at his bit on that. I don't know if I ever felt anything so much as I did when he was making fun of how some chicks spell their names. It was brilliant. So this chick named Hillary Burton called, she immediately was like, clout chase. She got her cardio in chasing that clout. And she went after Candace Cameron Bure and said that she was a bigot and all this stuff. Why does it bother you what she's doing with her own network? Then just don't watch it. If you don't like it, then don't watch it. Hella right. Don't watch it. It's not difficult. Don't, isn't there, what is the, um, literally, it's like the gay, the gay network. What is it called? There's one on, it's like on your cable package. What, Bravo? No, it's no, not Bravo. A logo? Like, logo? Yes, Logo. It's like, you know, the only place you can see Steel Magnolias anymore. But I'm saying, though, it's like, who cares? Just go and do your own thing. So she did her own thing, and they're mad at her. And they're like, you're a bigot. And then you have this one chick who is, what was she on the Dance Moms show? I actually had to ask my friend who is a, again, the Hallmark lady. She's also a reality show aficionado. She told me that the JoJo lady, not like the cool thing, not like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but... Jojo, the 20-something-year-old who thinks she's a teenager and still does like, I'm Jojo, I was on dance, the Dance Mothers show or whatever. I don't even know what it was. Don't tell me. I don't want to know this stuff. I don't live in this world. My friend was like, oh, yeah, that's, what's her face? Jojo Siwa, who, Siwa, who was on um, Dance Moms. And she's like, my daughter thought she was annoying. And I'm like, I can, yeah, she looks like a, like she's like super hyper. Like one of the hyper people whose face is always scrunched up and they're always bouncing off the walls. Those people. Anyway, she apparently has been fighting with Candace Cameron Bure. Uh, she's fighting with Candace Cameron Bure. So is Hillary Burton. Jojo Siwa said that previously that Bure was one of the meanest people she's ever met. Because she didn't get a picture with her one time or something. And now she's like, ooh, something else for me to get. And now she's chiming in on this. Who cares? Then start your own little network, Jojo Siwa. Nobody cares. Go start your own little network, and it can be sponsored by pony clips and glitter and sequin jackets. Go do it. Go do it. Go start it. It can be like the child version of Chico's. Go start it. You okay? I just, what is up with these people? How lame are you that you someone did something that actually totally has nothing to do with me? That's what it is. I feel like they're chasing relevancy because she's like aging out of the kid star. Yeah. And so she, and that's why she's still like dressed. How old is this chick? Do I want to know? I don't even know. Golly, I hate our culture. Oh, hell, she's 19 years old. Yeah, she's aging out of the, the kid thing. So she's got to do something. Let's fight with Candace Cameron Beret. Then start your own network, right? What's so? Leave her alone. She's doing her own thing. I would like to see non woke stuff. Like they had this one where they were getting mad at this. It was like a conservation. I can't remember what it was. I turned it off. They got mad because the guy went hunting and they were like, Didn't you know so and so has a reindeer ranch? And I'm like, Seriously? No one's hunting reindeer. Aren't you like in Iowa? No, there's no reindeer there. Stop it. I mean, it's literally an imaginary, they're imaginary stories, right? They're soap operas about Christmas. That's all they are. It's like they throw on Christmas sweaters and a Christmas tree. That's it. 
So she's doing her own network and they're all mad about it. And I, I just, and they want everybody else to be mad about it too. And I just got too much stuff going on. Like I'm trying to figure out, okay, do I want to do pineapple ham as a side? Because I have a, we're in our family, we have our turkey and then we have a meat side too, right? Because it's America. So it's like, do we want, do I want to smoke turkey? Do I want to fry the turkey? Do I want to bake the turkey? Is it going to be Cajun seasoned? How are we doing this? Am I going to have a side? Am I going to do a little pineapple ham? Like, how am I going to be doing this? Like, what sides? How many potatoes do you have? Do you have the scallop potatoes, the mashed potatoes? You have to have the mashed potatoes because that, ladies and gentlemen, is the reservoir for your gravy. It's a little tater volcano and you put the gravy in the middle. And then you got to have the sweet potatoes. And I'm not talking healthy sweet potatoes with just a little bit of butter and some cinnamon. I mean, you put the marshmallows on it and I should still see the butter congealing at the top like that. Not because it hasn't been mixed in well enough, but because there's so much of it. We're trying to figure out how to do this. I'm also thinking, let's see, it's going to be X amount for Thanksgiving. Do I want one can or two cans of the sliced cranberry sauce? Don't judge me. I mean, these are the things, the important issues of the day, Kane. And I got Hella Ray Burton out there and this literal living exclamation point who is getting mad at everybody because Candace Cameron Bure decided to do her own thing. Leave her alone. Golly, you harpies. <sighs> Quit sucking the joy out of Christmas. Gosh, I want to watch it. Yeah. Do you want to make, I feel like, you know, it's going to be the same storyline, right? Small town girl goes back. Her dad's snow globe shop is going to be foreclosed on something. Like, there really was. I'm not making this up. I'm like, this. how does this chick afford this two-story house in this picturesque, bougie, boutique town on the salary of a snow globe maker? And then I was like, well, at least they're not made in China. I don't know. It just, like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch her network. I'm going to totally watch it. Oh, man. All right. So I have other things, too. We got to break it up. For instance, uh, this, oh, I got to talk about this, Stanford, what is going on here? This is over at the College Fix. Here's the headline, Stanford Racial Discrimination, Wakanda Forever Tickets and Bus Seats Reserved for Black Students. So Stanford University Graduate Student Council, they are being accused of racial discrimination and how they handle their tickets to see the Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever. So they said that they announced via email they had a total of 450 tickets for a November 10th screening, but they're only reserving 100 for exclusively, they're reserving 100 exclusively for black students. And they said you're prioritized, you also get first dibs on bus seats to the theater, etc. And I don't even know why they would do this. They said, oh, it serves Stanford's graduate student population, where, you know, so on, so on. I mean... Doesn't that kind of sound, um, sounds a little, a little racist. <laughs> I don't even know. Everything is so woke. Can you go see Wakanda forever? Kane, you're white, half white. Will they let you in? I don't know. I think they will. will the theater, the Cinemark they'll people? Let me, uh, yeah, they'll let me buy the ticket. They'll let me choose the seat. They'll let me watch the movie. You're appropriating. I don't think so. You are totally appropriate. Really don't think mm. so. Like if you eat a turkey, you're appropriating pilgrim culture. Damn. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming. every year of my life then. I consider it celebrating. Thank you. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. They, they, 
and it turned into this big thing. Yeah, when did celebrating culture become appropriating culture? So when stupid people were allowed to talk in public, that's when that <laughs> happened. Appropriation is is not the same as celebration. Celebration is not the same as mm. appropriation. I wish people would just stop conflating the two. I mean, I just yeah, and there were there. And so the the, re, the what is it? The Stanford Review blasted them. Uh, which wow, good for them for doing that. They actually said that they were the ones who said this is. They said, does discrimination at theaters or on buses sound familiar? That's what the Stanford Review wrote. So, and then everybody got mad at the Stanford Review. I mean, I'll be damned we go a day without getting mad at somebody. If that, if the torch and pitchfork sits for too long, it disappears. You got to use them every day. I saw the um, AMC theaters were reporting this past weekend that they had worldwide 4.9 million butts in the seats to see Wakanda. Um, so they all couldn't have been just of color, obviously. So I don't get why we always have to dry the, draw these lines of demarcation as it pertains to race, sex, religion, politics. It's so stupid. Yeah, like, you know, back in the day, it, it doesn't, it, you know, I used to watch Different World. I watched The Cosby Family. That was like, you know, pre uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because Uncle Phil was like America's dad. Man, Uncle Phil was American. When he got mad and was dressing someone down, that's like when mom stopped doing dishes and, you know, dad stopped dealing with the dog and everybody came in and would watch because you wanted to see someone get beat. And now it's like you can't do that. Like you're, it's just, why do people have to be so just ridiculous and over the top? It just, honestly, I did, we did not have all this division when I was in high school and college. Now it's everywhere. And, and people are being trained by media to be so hypersensitive to every and look at everything as a slight. And it's not. It's idiocracy. We're here. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. So my favorite dog breed is German Shepherd. And there was this amazing video that came out of Florida. A six-year-old was running out of his house. He was going to play with his pet German Shepherd, a pup named Tank. And then as they're playing, and I was watching this video, as they're playing and the dog's so happy, he's like, yay. And the kid's like, yay. Well, then this big black dog starts charging across the, across the street towards the, towards the six-year-old. And as he looks like he's about to get to him, that's when Tank intervenes, cuts in front of the kid, and then pushes down that dog and directs the, and, and then there's another dog that comes up too. He like handles all of it. Then the mom comes out. Uh, there was another dog that came out and then the mom came out to get the dog or to get her son. And the German shepherd was like, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good. All right. My, my, my owner is safe. He's safe. And so they said uh, the parents were asked about it because she posted another clip. Uh, she posted that clip and other ones. She says, our, our neighbor's dog randomly charged my son and Tank saved him. And she said, he's not professionally trained. He's just, he, he you know, that's that's because that's his boy is why. I love German Shepherds. They are the best. Oh, we don't deserve dogs. They're so great. Uh, also, and a couple of others here. Not all of them are happy like that because then you got this guy. His mugshot, his, his one eye is totally swollen. Uh, Florida man was arrested for DUI and animal cruelty because he punched a dog and threw it down some steps. Oh, give me, I just need 60 seconds in a locker room with this guy. It's all I need. 
So he left the home in a vehicle prior to deputy's arrival. He was totally just blast blitz. He's blitz out of his gourd. And uh, he was accused, apparently, of animal. Well, he's charged with animal cruelty. He punched his dog, threw it down the steps. Uh, so now he is charged with all this stuff, including felony. Uh, and he's, uh, he's got a court date for the 23rd of December. Can I punch him and throw him down the stairs? Yeah. Like, repeatedly? Yeah. I'll even go bring him back up the stairs just to punch him and throw him down again. Yeah, see? Hey, I can punch him, throw him down the stairs. Kane, then you can punch him and throw him back up to me. There you go. Hey, it works. Look at that. So this guy, Florida man, he stole 85 pounds of shrimp and a GPS unit. 52-year-old Felipe Fonseca of Stock Island. He gets charged with burglary larceny, possession of burglary tools. I, I am made of questions about that. And damage to property. I mean, I get the other charges. But, like, can't anything be a burglary tool? Anyway, he stole a bunch of shrimp and he stole a Garmin, 80 found, 85 pounds of shrimp and a trim tilt unit for outboard engine and air pump. I uh, took it from this guy's uh, storage facility. Store shrimp there? And uh, he, that's the other story. Where's that at? And he's charged. He's in jail. We're about to talk to you. In what way, sir? What you What? In what way, sir? Stay tuned. He, so that was the president talking about uh, how they're going to talk to Saudi Arabia. Well, when? Stay tuned. Okay. And yeah, just stay with the tuned tunage. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, top of our third hour this Friday, ladies and gents. My friend Robert Davi will join us later on uh, because, you know, he's got the My Son Hunter. I, I, I'm going to be real with you because I've lived this story. I actually, should I lie to him? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't really seen a lot yet. I haven't had a lot. There's some stuff going on, a lot of stuff happening. Um, I haven't even, like, watched the latest episode of Mob Psycho. So, and the new season's out. You should shut up. Uh, Don't spoil it, because now he's going to start talking about it. So, and I've wanted to see this, but at the same time, dude, the real, I mean, it's, it's, and it's all based on fact. It's all based on all the stuff that was on his laptop, My Son Hunter. Do you know how uncomfortable it is as someone who works in radio and television? To, we look at these stories. You can't unsee things, okay? They've made a lot of stuff out there. They even have a burnt hair perfume that Elon Musk is selling. But what they do not have is eye bleach. So I, some of this, because they always, all these articles, they're like, we got to embed these photos in here, right here, <laughs> to where you can't get away from them. Oh, man, I don't need to see a 50-something-year-old dude totally naked with his you know with his waving his gun around you what stop waving the gun that he illegally purchased around stop it i don't need to be seeing that i don't need to be seeing naked hunter biden in a sensory deprivation tank however i will say there are some people out there and i think it's the same people watching the Dahmer stuff that are like i'll totally watch that it's crazy this guy is so crazy because in the same way that I watch horror movies because they're relaxing, because I always think, you know, I could be chopped up at Crystal Lake, but I'm not. So it's great. I think some people watch this stuff and they feel so much better about their own lives and decisions. You know what I mean? So. so I don't know. There's something to it. Anyway, we're going to be. That's why I watch Hoarders. I, don't, I can't. I cannot watch that show. Yeah. Because it triggers. I, and I hate that word. I don't want to use it. You know how I am kind of um, a hypochondriac a little right. bit. I will immediately think that the, I have. I need to get rid of everything in my house. 
I see. Like, I'm banned. Really, I cannot watch it. My family will not allow it on. I see really good organizational type skills in those shows. Um, not from the hoarders, obviously, from the people coming to help. I was going to say, can you please clarify this? Right, not from. The <laughs> I hoarders. love being able to walk around but piles I, of things in my house. But also, <laughs> I look at the hoarders and I'm like, well, I'm really not that bad. I just I look at it and I and then I think anything that I have is bad. Like I need to rip out my kitchen island. It's just something in the middle of the room. I can't. I just just not have any belongings. Let's just not even live in a house. Let's live in a field. I just it just gets me. I can't. I cannot deal with it. I cannot deal with it. We used to watch that show every now and then. And then when we moved, my youngest was upset because everything was boxed up. And he was like, I feel like we're on that show. Because, you know, when you move, everything is boxed up in your house. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah, so we don't watch that show anymore. I'm not judging you if you do. You just probably have a stronger personal constitution for it than I do. I just can't because I will immediately think, I need to go burn down my house and live in the middle of a field. I need to not have anything. Just clutter. It's like things that you need. Don't get rid of those are plates. You need to eat off them. It's clutter. I just, you know, you can't can't deal with it. Oh, all right. So I have a few things. This this is a crazy story. Uh, I saw this by way of Jordan Boyd over at the Federalist. Actually, I saw it first by Yahoo because it is. This is. I'm just going to share with you this headline. Okay, <laughs> this is so. I cannot believe this is a headline. Let me just say that. Quote, America is facing a diaper crisis and the anti-abortion movement may not be helping. (laughs) What? Damn you people having those babies. That's an actual, I'm not making this up. This is a for real headline. It legitimately was. It's from Yahoo Finance. And it gets into how families are lacking access to supplies They never at once touch on why. Could it be mm, inflation? Could it be mm, supply chain issue? Could it be that? I mean, a number of things. No, no, no. No, no. That's not the reason, ladies and gentlemen, that people have access to supplies essential to their baby's well-being. The problem is abortion. That's the problem. Not enough people are having it. That's it. I'm not kidding you. This is legit the entire article. I wish I was making this up. <sighs> so, it's the anti-abortion movement. That is, and they, yes, they were ratioed with quote tweets. Uh, I just, well, what, okay, well, what happens, can I just ask a question? So, if there is a Chardonnay shortage who can we blame? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, they don't actually, they don't, it's not, they don't, they, they touch on formula, they touch on diapers, particularly, and they don't at all touch on the economic issues that have all contributed to this. No, what it is, is it's the uh, anti-abortion movement. That's how they put it's that, and that's how they put it. It's the uh, anti-abortion movement, which is making the diaper crisis worse because they keep making these babies here. Like they keep putting these babies in women's bellies. It's crazy through no choice of the woman's. I mean, you'll have a pro-life person who has a magic wand and she bippity boppity boos a baby up in your belly. I mean, that's how it happens. We all know that. Was this the same argument they used for formula as well? 
Well, no, I don't know. I just know that it's about the diapers. So when every remember it was about a year and a half ago we had the uh, toilet paper shortage. Uh huh. So was it because you know people had butts? Like I don't <laughs> understand what the, what's the logic. It's clearly yeah. supply chain issue. It is it's clearly not, a, yeah 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 it's supply it's, chain and inflation. Yeah. No, it's not that. I think they just like picking on babies. Because yeah. ba- a baby can't punch you yeah, in the I throat. That. That's what, <laughs> I mean. I think that that's what this ultimately what this is. You know, I mean, it's I cannot even believe a grown adult female wrote this piece. It is if I was a if I was a college professor and I was reading this piece, I would publicly fail her. Meaning, I would bring her up in front of the class and I would make her believe that she was like going to get really praised. And I would I this is why I shouldn't teach either. And I would make her cry. And be like, this is the dumbest thing this is that we've ever read. And you are natural birth control by yourself. You and your reasoning and everything about you. I just, it's not, it's, you know, because we need to, we've, you, we, the reason that we need more diapers. So we must, we got to kill babies. Some of these babies got to be cold so we can have some diapers. That's what they're saying. I'm just being honest. I'm saying what they, that's, I, that's just the fruition that's following their logic to the end, correct? No, I remember cloth diapers. It's like the purge for diapers. <laughs> I remember cloth diapers. Uh, you know, when I was really young and my younger brothers and all that, we didn't have, there weren't, disp- there weren't pampers, anything like that. Back you then. act like you grew up in the 20s. I didn't grow you up did in not. the 20s. But you I did grew not up have in cloth a t- diapers. We had, yes, we had cloth diapers. When I was a kid, I guarantee you, we'd call my mom right now. She'd say, I wore cloth diapers. Was that, and that's not because. Does that have anything to do with the fact that you drink bacteria tea now? No, what? No, like the has hippie nothing, tea with absolutely the nothing globs to do with of it. gunk in it. Nothing at all. Okay. I'm just saying that we should look to these older solutions to these newer problems. Or that's all I'm saying. Or we could just stop being stupid about the economy. I mean, there is well, that. Who's in charge of the White House? I know. Oh, I know. Congress. I mean, let's be real. I yeah, we, you know the problem with the formula shortage, and I just can't. They're talking about people culling. That's what it is. Yeah. And they actually wrote this and published it as an actual piece. There's no way I saw this. I could not take this seriously. I could not take this seriously. The senior editor uh, that wrote this article said, roughly one-third of U.S. families are unable to afford diapers necessary to keep their babies dry and clean. I mean, climbing inflation, supply chain crisis. No, she blames pregnancy centers, put physical, mental, and economic stress on these people. And the coronavirus and households, they, they're seeking help from these, you know, um, anti-abortion service centers are misrepresenting their services. No, actually, they're not, but whatever. Um, I mean, I am just shocked by this. You have pregnancy centers. They serve millions of people every year. And they do everything. They also do, uh, pedi- they, some of them have pediatric services. I think it also depends on the size of the area that they serve. And there are three to one, they outnumber three to one. There's like uh, over 2,500 of them around the country. And yet Planned Parenthood is just very, very siloed in what they do. Very, it's very just narrow what they do. I'm just man alive. Heaven forbid. Well, we got to, in order to have more formula and diapers, we're going to have to cull some babies. I mean, that's just, yeah. But you do bring up a good point about the dead diaper. (laughs) I don't, uh, about the, about the cloth diaper. You know, uh, and they could maybe do that. Yeah, I mean, even with the formula shortage, there were old recipes 
that parents used for kids back, you know, for their toddlers these stupid and babies using then. all these diapers. How dare they? I'm just saying we should look more to the old days for some of the problems that we're experiencing today, or at least solutions. To Including the dealing with, with this type of idiocy. Right. I, I'm all for looking back to the old days for that. Golly. Uh, a few other things that I want to make sure that we are hitting. Uh, this other story, and we're going to be talking to my friend Robert Davi coming up. You know, speaking of Hunter Biden. So, you know, Igor Dushenko, right? He's the guy who is on trial, charged with lying to the FBI. He was the primary source for Chris Steele's, I hate using this word. I Can we find a different word? Dossier. It makes it sound like it's fancy and official, and it's not. It was it was basically the regurgitated section of of YouTube uh, regurgitated YouTube comment section that they repurposed and they try to pass it off as credible oppo and get these reporters to write about it and then take those stories that the reporters wrote about it and use that as probable cause to get a surveillance warrant on private citizens who are working with the Trump campaign. So you have Igor Dushenko, he's on trial for charges of lying to the FBI and he he said the FBI, and just think about whose money this is. He said the F, that the FBI paid him $200,000 over three and a half years. And one of Dushenko's own sources t- testified that he actually fed him false information. And he said he passed off the info that he got off on TV as his own material. I am not stunned. But this a man alive. So, yes, and this was FBI Special Agent Kevin Helson. Yeah, they, they offered Steele a million if he could verify his, and they could never verify it. This is why the FBI never, they offered him all kinds of money. Can you verify this stuff? Can you verify this stuff? It never, they were never, he was never able to do it. And so the FBI never actually, they couldn't stand by it. And they didn't. But it was too late at that point. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So Netflix is going to get Nielsen ratings as the streaming giant rolls out an ad-supported plan. I am made of fire about the ad-supported plan. I We pay for a subscription. Stop it. Stop it. So they said Nielsen is going to, they're because they're trying to figure out how they can better deal with advertising on this. They said that they're going to allow advertisers to better understand the size of Netflix's audience. And they're going to use Nielsen digital measurements. I just don't understand how their current measurements don't give them the information that Nielsen would. I don't, I really don't get that because I thought they were pretty thorough and in depth on being able to, to sort of uh, streamline all of that. Anyway. A man takes a test drive in a Mercedes and uh, just doesn't bring, or a BMW, sorry, doesn't bring it back. He was interested in purchasing a 2013 white BMW 328 uh, iX, and the owner uh, allowed of this, I guess, this business, this uh, dealership allowed him to take it for a test drive. He legit never returned. I think they're still looking. It's a $10,000 vehicle. I think they're still looking. So who knows? I'm looking at, uh, I just was looking actually at this new poll that was released that just came out. I haven't looked at the cross data from it. Uh, It is kind of interesting. It's a polling, uh, it's a 2022 generic congressional ballot polling trend. 
and it's out from Rasmussen, and it's looking at independence. It shows a 17-point shift towards the GOP, uh, just going from the end uh, from the last month to now. So as it stands now, October 13th, Republicans 46, Democrats 30. Overall, since September 29th, where they picked up plus one, it's a 17-point shift towards the Republican Party. That's crazy. Wow. Please welcome a powerful symbol of human rights. Her name is Lil Lamar. You can't see what we saw if you're listening. If you're watching on the simulcast, you can see it. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lesher. That's on The View. They brought out... Um, the hell is this thing? A giant puppet named... Lil, giant puppet kind of makes the term Lil irrelevant. It's a puppet named Lil Amal, and they called it a powerful symbol for human rights. So to recap, the View's idea of what a powerful symbol for human rights is, is a giant puppet, a female, a woman, strong woman, is a giant puppet with an Attack on Titan smile. If you haven't seen Attack on Titan, it's a great anime series. And I can't remember how many seasons there are. They just came out with uh, the latest one earlier this year. All those Titans are freaky. That legit was one of, I think, I think that was the first anime that I watched where I was legit freaked out. It was unnerving because of the way it smiled. I don't like... Things that smile like that. And, and, and I don't, that's not a little puppet. What is with the Lil? Because it's a nickname that's so stupid. That is not Lil. That's Bigamal. What? I don't, we talked about this on break. That's such an unimaginative, lazy way to do like a nickname or stage name. Lil. No, you're standard. Like Kane, you couldn't be Lil Kane. Yeah, there's Lil no, Steve. Not Lil. Standard Steve, because you're standard size. The average. Yeah, well, standard sounds better. Average, I don't know. I just, you know, got that hard V in there. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I'm just, and it's weird because they have people operating it and it legit looks like an Attack on Titan thing. It looks like Attack on Titan. It looks like Attack on Titan mated with a marionette puppet and then this is what you got. I don't like puppets. It's just, it's weird. Lil Lamal. What the hell does Lil Lamal do? Someone in uh, in my Twitter thread who's listening was saying that it actually is a repurposed like they, I guess they took it from the UN that used it for something, and then now they're using it for this. Oh, I don't doubt it. I think it's supposed to represent a, a small child refugee, which is, I think, where the Lil part comes in. I mean, if they are that size coming across the border, <laughs> that legit is like Attack on Titan. Yeah, for sure. That's terrifying. Oh, man. I just, I don't know. I get Five Nights at Freddy's vibes. I'm just real yeah, weird about actually- that. That's I do. True. Can you imagine, like, you know, you're putting Lil Amal away in the storeroom, and, you know, all of a sudden she starts moving on her own, but you're like, it's kind of a large marionette. No, it's not. It's possessed. I don't know. I'm just, it's weird. I don't like, lo- uh, oh, I don't like that. I didn't like baby dolls, really, when I was a kid, because they're just soulless, faceless, expressionless vessels of evil. Just don't like them. All right. So I really don't like that puppet. It is creepy. I would quit my job before I worked with that puppet. I'm not lying. It's weird. Man, that's messed up. Is it a mascot? What the hell is it? Why do people need a mascot? People are not mascots, right? What does that say? You're actually going to try to 
say this, this, we're going to pretend this giant attack on Titan puppet, Lilla Mall, is a, a mascot. We're going to use it as a mascot. Isn't that kind of diminishing of their message to empower and uplift? Yeah. I mean, if they get mad at the Washington Redskins, you literally, this is your mascot? I'm just trying to work this out. The logic seems shifty. My instinct is, you know, kill it with fire. Like that's what my instinct <sighs> is telling me. I don't even like regular size puppets. They're just weird. I saw too many horror movies as a kid. Really, I just, one of our listeners said the preschool class would be screaming and hiding. What in the hell is that? <laughs> you imagine bringing that in your classroom? Here's Lil Lamal. Oh my gosh. I just, I can't. Oh boy. And also now there's, um, just to, let's just get all of it out of the way. So I saw this with my friend Jenny Cruda. There's, I'm not watching this. There's a new trailer for Barney. He, Barney the Purple Dinosaur is a docuseries called I Love You, You Hate Me. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is amazing. Oh, it says the new trailer. This is variety. It, it's a new Barney docuseries. I Love You, You Hate Me. Uh, and it uncovers the dark side of the kids' show. And <laughs> what? Can you get a question? <laughs> It's real. This is real. Yeah, I just gave you the link. <laughs> it's a real thing. Uh, it's a it's a Barney docu series, and it says that apparently this is my gosh. I need you to listen to the sentence from Variety. I can't right now. We're beyond ridiculousness now. Here's this is what Variety tweeted to describe their this thing quote. The core message of the immensely popular Barney and Friends kids show was to spread love and kindness to one another. But the new Peacock docuseries highlights the idea that America was not so eager to accept that message. America? My friend Jeannie Cruda says, no, people didn't hate Barney because he promoted kindness or anything. Um, They hated him because he was annoying as hell. For the same people, for the same reason that we hated Caillou, the whiny, bald Canadian kid. Remember him? Oh, yeah. I'm just a kid who's four. Oh, my gosh, shut up. I just can't deal with it. It was an annoying show. It was absolutely annoying. And they never did anything. It was just the same, yeah, hi, Barney. I just can't. And it never progressed. I felt like as kids... You know, more and more kids um, started watching Barney. And as the kids that started grew up and new ones came in, I don't think that Barney ever progressed. You know what I mean? And I don't mean politically. I I mean, ever did something different. It's just, I I don't know. So I, (sighs) now they're going to try to use Barney to be like, America, this is why America's so divided because they hated Barney back then. Barney tried telling you. He tried telling you. He was just annoying. No one wanted to hear it. Did, wasn't there, I, I mean, I was like thinking that like, you know, when they said that there was a dark side of the kids show, I thought they were going to go into the whole, like Barney killed some people and buried him in the friendship tree. I don't know. I, that's what I was expecting. This is really kind of a letdown too. I can't wait for a uh, Pooh Bear uh, Blood and Honey to come out. I'm excited about that. All right. I am. So I actually have some other things to hit, but this totally distracted me while we were on break. The FDA ladies and gents, has issued, announced a new definition. I'm sure you've been waiting all day eagerly to hear this because you live and die by what the FDA says. They've announced a new definition of what they think is healthy. 
So manufacturers, this we talked about this the other day, how Biden wants to have these like goofy stickers on stuff. They're going to try to sit that now this kind of goes along with it. They're going to have labels for specific limits on certain nutrients or they have to adhere to specific limits and they're going to have labels based on like saturated fat, sodium and added sugar because you're too stupid apparently and we all are. We're too dumb to read the ingredients on the box of food we're purchasing. You know, there's the thing on the back or on the side where it has all that. Did you guys know that, Kane? We all knew that. Do they not know it? Someone should turn that box around over at the FDA. Look, it's right here. It's right there. You have some snacks over there, don't you? You got like a box of snacks or something. They got your stuff. Doesn't it have your stuff on the side listed on the side? Yeah. All of my stuff have uh, the ingredients yeah. listed right there. Because isn't that kind of already law that they got to do that? Yes, it is. Well, so no, we have to make it a law to wear. You have to have a sticker on it just to really doubly show that it's in there. So in addition to the list of ingredients, now you have to have a sticker saying these ingredients that you can see right over here are in this. That? <laughs> we have that? So they're saying that for the new specific limitations for, new, for food items, they give an example uh, over at MSN. They say that a cereal would need to contain three quarters of an ounce of whole grains and no more than one gram of saturated fat, 230 milligrams of sodium, 2.5 grams of added sugars per serving for a food manufacturer to use the word healthy on the label. So if they, if it's, you know, maybe three grams of added sugar Uh-oh. instead of 2.5 grams and they use healthy. They said that they want to help consumers eat more easily navigate nutrition labels. People are not, people don't get overweight because they're not looking at the labels. They just don't want to not eat. I mean, what the hell? What I think do you, it's more you, about having, why is this so hard for people? I think it's about having more than one serving is also part of it. <laughs> oh, can I be real with you? So, you know how, oh, hold up. You're, what, what are they? I, they're Swiss rolls, but my family always called them ho-hos, which I, you know, it means a whole new meaning now. But the Swiss rolls, they used to come in two in a package, didn't they? Didn't they stop doing that? And they started doing one in a package. And I was like, no, no, no. The serving was two. Right. And now it's just the one. Yep. That is lies. That is of the devil, as my late grandmother would have said. So, you know, the problem is, as Kane said, serving size. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I look at the serving size and I'm like, what am I? A miniature figure? Like, what's going on? So they said that the labels, that's what it's all supposed to do, which is dumb. This is dumb. It's a dumb rule for dumb people. Made by dumb people. God, the dumb lady and the dumb. I don't have anything nice to say about it. Uh, Also, a couple other things we want to make sure we get into. The New York Times had a study they published. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. Here it is. A new study showed that people vaccinated against COVID-19 experienced a temporary delay in their periods of about one day compared with those who did not get vaccinated. One cycle after vaccination, people's periods tended to return to normal. People's periods. First off, we told you so because we were talking about this from the very beginning. Uh, but number two, people's periods. Hmm. Have you ever had a period, Kane? No, I can't say that I have. Lil' Kane? I am a, I'm a people. 
your people, but this is people's period. So you've never had one? No. Crazy. Also never vexed. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, but the, the, but the people's periods, I'm, women go through too much BS over our lives with menstruation stuff for the New York Times or any stupid study to come in and start going, people's period. This is Soviet word garbage. Like I said, if a dude is bleeding from his Johnson, he needs to see a doctor. And I don't mean to be crass, but if this is the state of things, then it is incumbent upon me to be very straightforward. You need to go see a doctor if that is the case, period. No pun intended. I just, but then we totally talked about this. And remember, people were suspended from social media, from Facebook and Twitter for, being, for bringing this it's stuff like up. six to eight months ago. And you can find me on Substack, chapter and verse, the newsletter, and also uh, in the uh, bio of all my social media profiles, everywhere where you can find you know, the, the show, how to stream it. We also have it up at danalash.com. So. We're continuing to watch uh, all of the the recovery efforts now, and there's the, from Hurricane Ian, and it's. I think now everyone is very, very, very closely watching this storm, and I'm pulling up some of the latest with us, as it it's up uh, towards northeast Florida now, and it's he- it's kicked back out into the Atlantic, and it's recharging. Now it's recharging, and now all eyes on South Carolina. Now, when it hit the southwestern portion of Florida, it was coming in at, you know, 155 miles per hour, two miles, from what I understand, under a Cat 5 classification. A lot of people were saying, yeah, but it had the storm surges of a Cat 5, et cetera, et cetera. We need to redefine this. I agree. So when it go- it's a tropical depression now, but it is projected to gain steam, and when it turns back around into South Carolina... It could be charged up back to a category one. So I know that, you know, we'll follow this and bring you any of the latest tomorrow. But now all eyes are on South Carolina. They're bracing for impact. And that will be the second U.S. landfall. It is expected to strengthen to that cat one and that category one level. Meanwhile, homes in Fort Myers. Oh, my gosh, the flooding. Uh, absolute devastation, absolute devastation, and Sanibel Island, Captiva. I mean, the one road into Sanibel totally destroyed. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of damage, and there have been so far. Uh, we were talking to some of our uh, affiliates, uh, uh, Bud and Melissa, who are on WFLA. Good morning, Orlando, and they were saying that the the two fatalities were sort of incidental to the hurricane because someone hydroplane they were driving a hydroplane lost their car uh there was another uh, individual it was it was somewhat it was somewhat related but not drowning like in the surge or something like that which is horrific uh but so far uh i think major loss of life is the other you know people definitely wanted to minimize that and nobody has because they're still everybody's still kind of digging out and they're still you know taking inventory of what's happened what's left and who needs help So that information will come. All right. Today in stupidity, Kane.
All right, it's uh, our President Biden, and this isn't the Jackie Walorski audio either, because that was a bit of stupidity from yesterday. This is him with the FEMA administrator, Deanne oh, no. Criswell, and this is how he referred to her. She's living and standing right next to him. And the FEMA administrator, who's become the MVP here these days, I spent a lot of time in this room, uh, uh, Griswell, uh, uh, FEMA, and the entire Criswell? World. Again, her, her name, name is Deanne Criswell. I mean, he's close. Well, at least, you know, he kind of remembered part of her name. Right. And which is a little bit better than forgetting someone's not alive. Right. And shortly after that, he wandered off aimlessly and they tried to get yeah, him back. Yeah, uh, Jill had to get him back on course. Yeah, it's unreal. They just need to have that giant Easter bunny just like follow him everywhere and just keep him on, you know, like they did at that egg roll. Folks, that does it for us today. I'll be back with you tomorrow.